so glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more, spend less. Don't ever let someone rip you off. Coming up in 20 minutes in today's Clark Radius Moment, I'm going to talk about you ripping yourself off. That's right. You, you, one I'm talking to right now. We're going to have a talk in 20 minutes. And coming up in a half hour. It looked for a while like something known as Google Fiber was going to come to the rescue for competition for high-speed internet for your home. And now, maybe not so much. I want to talk about what your choices look like they're going to be for high-speed internet where you live. Clark.com is where we serve you on the web. And when you have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. And... I ask you this, what are we going to do about the extreme shortage of dentists in the United States? We have a terrible problem that there just flat out aren't enough people practicing dentistry. And especially as you look in rural areas of America, there are wide, wide stretches of land that there's no dentist there to serve people and if you let your teeth decay you end up with problems and the gums the mouth whatever oh man the overall health problems you can have are so severe so as i've said before with medicine i believe so much in medicine that we're going to solve the shortage of primary care doctors in the united states with physician's assistants and with nurse practitioners in order to improve the access to care in the United States, we need a similar kind of initiative for dentistry. There is a designator that is generally being used that I've always referred to as dental hygienist, but is now being referred to as dental therapist. And it's something that Alaska has had for, I don't know how long. I don't know if it's been decades or what. But what happens is that these people, oh, here, here's this item. Thank you, Joel. I, I said that. How long have they been doing that in Alaska? Joel immediately gives me the answer. It's been for almost 14 years that in rural areas of Alaska where there are no dentists, people with a lower level of training but who can do most basic dentistry serve people in underserved rural areas. And I think this idea is what we need to do around the United States. There are only a handful of states that permit non-dentists to do the level of dental work that I'm talking about. But I am very much a fan of allowing these dental practitioners or uh, hygienists or therapists or whatever you want to call them and whatever they're called in the state to provide care to people so that a small dental problem doesn't become a big one. Now, I know that last time I talked about this, just talking about the Alaska thing, there was a lot of upset from a number of dentists that 
posted on Clark Stinks. But you give me an alternative solution. How are we going to get dental care to people with such an extreme shortage of dentists in rural America? You know, if you live in a big city on the East Coast or West Coast, you don't even think about how many people across the United States live in vast stretches of land where having access to medical care or dental care just isn't even an option. And it's something we need to fix because at low cost, we can improve the both physical health and dental health of the American people. Walker's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Walker. How are you, Clark? Great, thank you, Walker. What's going on? Uh, Clark, I'm, I've been a uh, loyal customer of one of the big monster mega banks for the last uh, 16 years. And, I'm really uh, sorry. Well, in the first of this month, uh, they hit me with the $30 fee, and I said enough is enough. So after these 16 years, I'm trying to kind of figure out my options. Um, I have three different accounts. Uh, I have a checking account and a money marketing account with the monster bank. Uh, and then I also have a uh, just a checking account or a money market account um, with the online bank. Um, so I'm trying to probably consolidate and just have a checking account and a money market account with an online bank. Uh, but my question is, how is it possible to do cash deposits when you're dealing with an online bank? No. If you're right. if you're dealing with a lot of cash, then an online bank is not going to help you. Unless you have a drone and you fly the deposit. No, that's not going to work either. So with that being the issue, why don't you look at a small local bank near you or a credit union if cash is a big part of what you have to deposit? Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not really a big part, but um, yeah, it, it does happen probably several times a month. Yeah, um, so an online's not going to make it for you. Okay. And, and can you do bill pay with online banks oh yeah okay yeah and the online banks tend to do bill pay completely free okay i I wasn't sure because i know it you know some of the bigger banks you can you you can deposit cash uh through an atm and i wasn't sure if somehow that the online banks had figured out a way to to do that at atms not yet you know it's ironic what you're asking because the big thing with the with the online banks is about giving you free access to atms now, you can, this this is a stretch, but I'm going to give you something that would work for cash and would be free. Have you ever heard me talk about Bluebird.com? Uh, I have not. No, Bluebird is a service of American Express. It has not been a big success for them. In fact, I'd say it's been pretty much a, a marketing failure so far. But it's a joint venture American Express is doing with Walmart. And so you have checking account, and all the normal things you'd have with a bank account through bluebird.com and you can deposit cash at any Walmart store into your Bluebird account. And so that would be a way for you to do an online account and still have a physical presence where you could deposit cash. But I think, I'm sorry? In terms of of a credit union or a local bank, I mean, do you recommend one or the other, or is it just kind of do your research? I like them both. I mean, you know, they're both very good sources. Are you, do you own your own business? I do not, no, sir. Okay, so if you're an individual, you don't own a business, 
I'd look at a credit union. Okay. And All I think right. you'll be very happy. Okay. And it's out. only a matter of time, just like with you, 16 years with the giant monster mega bank, finally enough banker abuse, you decided you weren't going to take that anymore. It's only a matter of when, not if, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, or Citibank are going to make you miserable. Why not depart before you give them the chance to abuse you? Nicole is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question about helping your son. Yes. I have 5000 for him. Of course, I don't want to give it to him because he's not saving anything. Um, he's, 20, he's turning 21 this year. And I want to know where I can put it for him, knowing that it's possible that he might not add anything to it. And that will be, and it is going to be long haul. Um, is he working? He's working, yes. Okay, and is he earning more than $5,000 in a year? Yes, he is. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the parent's guide to being sneaky with $5,000 for his own good. Great. So if you open a Roth IRA for him. Okay. And you put money in the Roth IRA. Okay. And you have the statements come to your mailing address. And he doesn't okay. know they're coming. Mm-hmm. It's just your little secret that you've put $5,000 aside for him that will grow tax-free all through the years. And 40 years from now, he'll be able to spend what should be a big pile of money tax-free. Awesome. Even if he doesn't add anything to it. Even if right? he never adds to it. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Sure. Now, I have a guide at Clark.com for opening a Roth IRA and my favorite companies for you to look at and what to put the money in. And just there are times that when you have a a child who doesn't quite have the mature habits you're looking for, Mm -hmm. that it's a good idea to do something sneaky behind their backs. And this is a case you should do that. Okay. That's great. That's what I'm... He ever finds out? He can raid the account, and there's nothing you can do about it. So that's why you got to sneak around. Oh, okay. okay. And when you think he's old enough to be able to handle it responsibly, then you say, you know, back when you couldn't do anything with money like you know you should now, I opened this secret account for you. Now it's yours to manage. Thank you. And I have a quick question. Looking at the options that you have here, I know one is um, you can choose 100 hours, and then you still the, the one on the bottom I'm looking at 250 100 hours. Does it matter if I choose the, the one on top and still put a 5,000, or I have to go with a different company? Oh, you can that? do it as long as you meet the minimums. You meet the okay, minimums good. for any of the companies with $5,000. You can go in any of them, and if you want to just keep it simple, Put him in a target retirement fund year 20, would it be 2055, 2060 at his age? Just put it in the last target retirement fund year you can go in and, and be done with it, and that money will grow over the decades tax-free. Let's talk about Ask Clark, Joel. Who do you have a question from who posted one for Clark me? Gabriella wants to know, what is the average credit card annual fee, and do they all charge one? There is... Not a typical average. I mean, you know, 
credit cards have annual fees rarely anymore, and they're boosted. The average is boosted by the reward cards that may have an annual fee of fifty, a hundred, even as much as five hundred dollars. But the typical card that you can get now has no annual fee and no is a much better price than paying an average of 50 or 75 bucks it's time for today's clark rageous moment and usually i'll be talking about somebody doing you wrong now we're going to talk about you doing yourself wrong scams rip-offs outrages it's a Clark Regis moment. So this is very disappointing to me. It was a study done by two researchers at the Census Bureau, and they dug through data on 155 million employed Americans. It's a lot of people to dig through records on. And what they found are the worst numbers I have seen on the issue of people saving for retirement. Less than one in three Americans are saving money in employer-provided retirement accounts. Less than one in three. Now, that is much worse than Stats that I have heard in the past from the financial services industry. But their stats generally aren't that great. And in many cases, people are walking away from free money. I'll talk to people that are younger, either at the TV studio or radio studio, and I'm such a nag. I mean, I'm a terrible nag. And I'm always talking to him about, are you participating in this? Are you doing that? Have you joined the credit union we have? Are you participating in the 401k? And I'd say very, very few, like a relative handful, under age 35, are participating in the 401k which is crazy because here at the studio we have a match and you're giving up a free pay raise, free money. And this happens over and over again at so many employers that an employer will bribe you to put money in their retirement plan and a lot of people don't. So I had a question for you. Whenever I ask people in their 20s and 30s, is Social Security going to be there when you retire? They laugh and nobody thinks it's going to be there. By the way, that's not true. Social Security, in some form or another, is a survivor. But as far as a percent of the money you're going to need to live on in retirement, it's not going to get it done even less so than it does now. So how are you going to pay to retire? You're going to save to retire. Or you're not going to retire. It's that start. And so 
if you are not participating, if this Census Bureau study is right and you're not saving to retire for retirement, even though your employer makes it easy, easy as it could be, get to it. Get to it. And never, ever, ever harm yourself by not grabbing an employer match. Or let's put it a positive way. Always help yourself to a free pay raise by putting in enough money to grab all the money your employer wants to generously throw your way with a retirement match. To do anything else is absolutely clark Rageous. Clark.com is our web address. You want deals? ClarkDeals.com. Questions? Clark.com slash ask. I was so excited beginning of this decade when Google had announced that they were going to provide ultra-high-speed home internet at 100 times the speed that we were used to from the cable company or the phone company. And Google went in big time into Kansas City and delivered just what they promised, 100 times the speed, and did it at the cost that you typically would pay the cable company or phone company for one one-hundredth of the speed. And Google created a level of fear and loathing in the phone companies and the cable companies more than you could imagine. Because if you were so used to being in a cozy situation where you own the market and somebody with very deep pockets like Google says they're going to come in and they're going to offer you at your home ultra high speed internet, that's a very scary thought. Well, the result of it is that now around the country, cable companies and phone companies are rolling out ultra-high-speed internet at or near the speed that Google promised. AT&T calls their competitive product AT&T Fiber to play off the brand name that Google has established, Google Fiber. And any of a number of the cable companies are promoting and now rolling out their own ultra-high-speed internet at these very, very fast speeds that Google has talked about and done in Kansas City. And after the success that Google Fiber had in Kansas City, they announced a rollout in many, many different cities. And it seems like they've hit a big sophomore slump, laid off a bunch of their people, and now, according to Barron's, they are going to take their sweet time installing the Google Fiber till they have perfected a new technology that allows them to bring fiber into a neighborhood, but then from the neighborhood to your house at extremely low cost to them and then in turn low cost to you, send a fixed wireless signal from the fiber on the street to your house. What it means is that if you've been waiting for Google Fiber to be the cavalry riding into the rescue of your wallet, 
Well, you're going to wait a while for the cavalry to show up. In the meantime, because they've created this fear in the marketplace, you may find a competitive offer being made available to you by the phone or cable company at the price around what Google Fiber tends to offer, which is 70 a month. Our producer, Krista, has signed up for AT&T Fiber, their version of a one-gig service, and she's paying the 70 under, I think it was a two-year contract, and if she breaks it early, you pay a, a break fee that, that reduces each month over the period, but the result is her husband, who works from home, now has an ultra-fast internet connection available, which is already proven to be helpful to him a number of ways with his work. So Google, just by throwing its weight around, has made a difference. But if you're waiting for Google to come to your house, well, you may wait a while. Lisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Clark. Lisa. Thank you for taking my call. It is my pleasure. But Lisa, you have brought pain into your life by choosing to get a burglar alarm, a security system, from like the worst possible place to get it, from a cable company. Uh, Yes. As we have discovered, we decided to switch companies because we wanted to add the camera feature. And it has been a few months now. And it has never worked right from the beginning. When one problem gets fixed, another one surfaces. And we have had 11 technicians to our house. And And wait, you haven't told the punchline. (laughs) The cable company charges you a monthly monitoring fee of how much money? It's a um, bundle. It's hard to figure out what portion. Yes, exactly. So the, the reality is the naked truth is they are generally charging, the cable monster is charging generally three times what is a reasonable monthly monitoring buried wow. in your bundle. Wow. So are you under contract? Yes, w- this is the issue. It's been over 30 days, but less than, like, I think, the two years. So if we were to cancel, we would be charged quite a bit of money. However... They are putting you in danger by having a security system that is not operable. Yes. Okay. So there are two things that work with this cable monster. Okay. One is, are you good at social media? Yes. You start trashing them every possible place, Facebook, Twitter, every social media outlet you can think of, but particularly those two. Okay. And they are very much into reputational damage right now. Okay. So that may, in fact, trigger a response. Okay. And at the same time, file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau where they're based. And we're going to tell you off the air where this cable company is based. Okay. And which Better Business Bureau you file a complaint with. They have a SWAT team that deals with the complaints that come into the Better Business Bureau because they get so many, they have to have a team 
just to deal with those complaints. I can imagine. So what you want is for their failure to, to provide safety to you. And what you say in your, your social media complaints is you say, blah, 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 cable company mm-hmm. is putting me and my family in grave danger, refuses to let me out of my contract, has made 11 visits to our house, and has been unable to get the security system to work. Okay. And all you want them to do is say, yes, you're released, you can go away. Here's your equipment, come get it. Okay. Will do. But I'm dying, I got to pick on you just for a second, okay? Sure. This company has about the worst customer service reputation in the history of humanity, probably worse than any company on Mars or Jupiter or Saturn too. Yes. How could you trust your life on a company that can't even get a television signal to work right. It was a big mistake and a big lesson to learn. Okay. Well, I'm really sorry about the mess. Try the social media. Try the Better Business Bureau. Then call me back. Let me know if either of those outlets worked. If neither of them did, we'll come up with plan B. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay, so here's the rule. This is when you get your security system or burglar alarm from the cable monster. Never, 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 not ever. Period. Don't even think about going with them. Olga's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Olga. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Olga. You have uh, an unusual opportunity you want to make sure is legit. Is that right? Yes, it is. Um, For the past few months, I've received offers from my mortgage lender and others to refinance my mortgage with the HARP program, and I'm just not sure if this is a good deal for me. Well, usually uh, people are calling me, pulling their hair out because they've tried to do HARP and they haven't been able to get it done. For people who don't know what that means, that's Home Affordable Refinance Program. Is that, did I get the initials right? Yes. Okay. So... What people call me about is they're they're trying to do HARP and they're running into roadblocks everywhere. You're telling me the opposite. The lender is approaching you about doing a HARP refi. Yes. And are they offering a reduction in your principal balance and a lower interest rate? Or what are they offering you exactly? Just the interest rate. So my monthly payment would go down. And what's your current mortgage interest rate? It's 5.875%. Wow. You know, by today's numbers, that's a high number, but but historical, that would have been, there was a time that would have been amazingly low. Right. Are they offering to drop you to market, which would be about 4.25? 4. 4.5 is what they're offering. So they're not quite offering market, but it would make a big difference for you. What are they asking you to pay out of pocket? It's not clear on the ad. I haven't, you know, approached them. I wanted to make sure it was, you know, even worth the trouble. Um, it says that some cost, uh, closing costs may be included or uh, rolled into a portion of the cost into the refinancing mortgage instead of paying up front. I don't know really what that means. All right. So let's, let's have a conversation here, Olga, because some things we need to talk about. Number one, 
Are you upside down in your home loan, meaning you owe more on it than what it's worth? I don't believe so. It's probably right at. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you live, this property is, and you live in the state of Florida? Yes, I do. All right. Florida has an initiative going on right now that may allow you to do both of the things I talked about, which is a lowering of the principal of your loan, the amount you owe, and the interest rate. Okay. So when you call up in response to the solicitation you have, you want to ask that question. Then the other part of this is uh, you say you think your property is worth about what you owe. Do you have any money you can bring to the table for a closing, or are you pretty tapped out? No, I could pay for a closing. All right. Uh, And by that, I mean, do you have money that you could pay down part of your balance in order to refinance into a lower rate? Possibly. Okay. The reason I'm, I, I'm going this direction is since you're not upside down in any meaningful way mm-hmm. and you do have the outside chance of being able to come to the table with money to, to pay down some of your loan balance, you may be better served doing a refi with a traditional lender not the one you're with and get a potentially a lower rate if they're going to charge you closing costs anyway what they're offering may not be a good deal okay so what you do is you call them you hear them out and what you're told doesn't mean anything is what they then follow up with in writing and then use that as a time to go shop the market because four and a half is not like they're giving you any special deal It'd be a big, a big improvement over where you are at 5.875%. But if they're going to charge you normal closing costs and charge you uh, what is a bit above market interest rate, that's not like, yippee, I'm, I'm so excited. Right. So that's why you compare it to what you can do on your own independently and what they might offer under HARP. Okay. Thank you so much. Certainly. And I want you to know something very important if you are significantly different than olga who's not if you are still significantly upside down in your loan there's a lot of incentive money out there as part of all the fraud settlements the banks reached where they get offsets against fines they'd have to pay they get credits if they forgive a portion of your loan balance so where lenders prior would not forgive any of loan balance for people who are upside down they have a direct financial incentive to do loan forgiveness and that's why those are questions you need to ask don't be passive don't wait for a lender to come to you you go to your lender and you see one if you're in a higher interest rate like Olga is there's a lower rate you can get and second is there in fact a reduction in interest. Joseph joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Joseph, you are an entrepreneur. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, Clark? Great, thank you. I hope you're doing well. And how's it going running your own business? I'll tell you something. It, it is absolutely amazing. The Lord has blessed me. It's, uh, it's, it's, I've been doing it now for about four years, and, and I'm above the water making money, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> Great. Well, how can I help you with that? Okay, well, this year I want to accomplish two things. 
I want to start saving for retirement with a 401k. And the second thing I would like to do is start investing with uh, perhaps a Roth IRA and do mutual funds. And of course, with the 401k, I've got questions regarding, you know, how do I even start that with my own business? Do I have to use an outsourced company? So I'll, I'll let you answer those questions. How many employees do you have? It's me, myself, and I. Perfect. When it's a one-person company, you're allowed to do something known as a self-employed or solo 401k. You can set them up now at essentially no cost, and all the, the ultra-inexpensive companies now offer solo or self-employed 401ks. You're allowed to put in up to 18 grand in the year into it. And if you're making huge profits with your business, you can do something instead called a SEP, a Simplified Employee Pension, and that allows you to sock away up to 52000 in a year. Okay. Yeah, I'm not at that point yet. The first one sounds like a so good option. With the 401k, you can go to the usual suspects I have on my investment guide. You can go to Schwab. You can go to Vanguard, uh, Fidelity. I think T. Rowe Price does the self-employed 401k. And okay. with any of them, you go to their website, go to their retirement center, and if you don't find the answer immediately there, call the retirement center number at any of them and tell them you want to do a self-employed 401k. It'll, it'll be a specialized area with people that are trained in that area you'll talk to. And now, when you say 18K per year, does that mean, you know, because I've never had a 401K, really, so does that mean that's both the employer and the employee contribution? Yeah, it's, it's, it works like with the, with the solo or self-employed 401K, it, because it's me, myself, and I, you're putting in the 18 grand, and it's a great, and you don't have to put in that much. That's what's so neat about the flexibility with it. So what I want you to do is I want you to sit down and talk with one of the retirement specialists, which you can do with Schwab and Fidelity in person. The others, you can do it by phone, and they can walk you through exactly how to set it up. It's so easy, and you have access to a wide array of extremely low-cost choices to invest in. Michael is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Michael, you are taking a group of 20 people somewhere? Uh, could be as high as 20 people, yes, Clark. And uh, it's really tough figuring out how to get a deal for that many people, isn't it? Well, yeah, uh, to try to get a deal and just trying to, uh, you know, figure out the best way to go. Because I know a lot of times you, know, you can only book maybe six or so people at a time. Yeah, it depends on the search engine you use or the airline. This is for airline travel or cruises yeah. or what? Yes, airline. All right. So here's a dirty secret about the travel industry. Groups are charged higher prices than individuals. So well, if you like we're going to be flying individually, right? So if you break people up into like three reservations mm -hmm. and book people in those separate reservations, you'll get a fare much lower than you would if you call an airline and talk to their group department. Okay, well I'll do that then. And what you can do if it is everybody trying to fly to and from together both ways or are people gonna go different days and come back different days uh, it's probably it's pretty much going to be everybody on the same day and time if we can get that worked out so the best thing to do is get three of you sitting there with laptops together booking everybody at the same time 
Okay. When I take my staff on our on our annual uh, meeting trip, reward trip, whatever we call it, we sit there with multiple computers and book everybody all at once. We divide up what names we're each going to book, and that's how we're able to take advantage when there's a sale fair, and everybody gets the sale fair. Then otherwise, one other trick, if you're taking, let's say, a family of four somewhere, is that when you're looking for airfare do your searches for a party of one because the all the airline systems default let's say there might be three cheap seats on a flight and not four they all default to the highest fare any of the four of you would pay so many times for a family it pays to book on two computers simultaneously and get cheaper fares at least for three of the four than for everybody to pay the highest possible fare Clark.com is our website. You want deals? Go to ClarkDeals.com. The housing industry has been struggling to get first-time home buyers into the market, to get move-up buyers into the market, and the housing situation has still not recovered from the banking scandals of last decade and what happened with lending standards being a joke last decade and all the corruption involved with the banks packing packaging up and selling off worthless mortgages and so things are still humpty dumpty having fallen off the wall hadn't gone back together again and so there are people outside of banking that are engineering solutions to make it possible for people to buy their first home, for people to get out there as the banks have been unable to be creative and innovative just because of their cultures. There are people who are out there making it happen. And it's coming from all different directions. Very controversial lender is Quicken Loans. Quicken Loans that is becoming perhaps the biggest mortgage lender in the country, has done everything it can to reduce a lot of the pain points in mortgages. One of their most popular products is the Rocket Mortgage. If you're not familiar with the Rocket Mortgage, it is one that's designed for you buying a home or refining one to make the process from the ground up fully customer-friendly. Doesn't mean you're always going to get the answer you want, but the process is so simplified in terms of how you submit information and what kind of loan products are available. For many people, I know this is weird, but you get approved for a loan in under an hour. Now, the speed, the simplicity... The customer-friendly facing thing of it may not be the cheapest loan out there. But the point is, they've made the process so friendly to you that there you are thinking, hey, I'm going to try these people. And they're not alone in innovating. You know Redfin, R-E-D-F-I-N? Redfin is a discount uh, real estate agency. And Redfin has grown all around the country. 
Redfin agents, their number one gripe is how impossible it is for their home buyers to get the loan process done. And it's not about going back to nothing standards like we had last decade. It's about getting the process where it's customer friendly. So Redfin is now launching its own mortgage lending operation. And their goal is to get you a cheaper loan than you can get from a bank. SoFi, SoFi SoFi.com, is another organization that's getting into mortgage lending with the goal being to offer you a better deal and one that's more understandable and more customer-friendly than you get from a bank. And I want you to know that of all the things I've talked about, I haven't talked about the most important development in mortgage lending, and that is credit unions that used to be almost irrelevant in mortgage lending have become the best source for you to go borrow for a mortgage loan. Not every credit union, not every time, but overall, credit unions have become the best place. As far as going to a bank to borrow for a home, it may at some point for somebody be a good idea, but I sure can't tell you when. Billy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Billy. How are you? I'm good, Clark. How are you? Great. So you have a property that you'd like to be mortgage debt-free on. Tell me about that. I, about five years ago, I bought a piece of property, and oh, excuse me, and I secured it with a CD. And my interest rate is two percent over the rate on the CD, which of course is like one point eight percent. Not very well. And the loan matures and balloons every time the CD does. And it's time to renew the CD and renew the loan again. And I'm trying to decide whether to just pay it off and be done with it uh, or to let it renew and just pay it the 2% interest. 2% interest isn't much, but it is money. Yeah, so what's the advantage? Because the money is secured by the, by the debt anyway, so it's not like you have cash open and available to you. That's true. So what the event, when I originally done it, uh, the CD hadn't matured yet. Ah, uh, but bank, now, yeah. So bank, you're you're on, com- Billy. You're completely on the right path here. It makes okay. it it made perfect sense at the time because you needed the cash available to buy the property. Mm-hmm. The CD gave you the equivalent of that cash. Uh-huh. But now you're right. Uh, just just blow that loan out. Just pay it off. Okay. There's no advantage to you rolling that over into a new loan with a two-point spread. Okay. So That's what are you going to do with the property? P- pardon? What's your ultimate goal with the property? Uh, it's family property. I've been putting my old family farm back together over the last several years. Wow. You're a tougher man than I am. <laughs> it's a it's a labor of love, Clark. A labor of love. Wow. Well, well, best to you, and just pay that thing off and own it free and clear. 
I will. Thank you, Clark. Okay, take care. Okay, Bye. bye-bye. Amruta joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, you have something that normally I get 10, 12 calls about early mm-hmm. every year, and sadly... I must tell you that, well, I guess it's good. You're only the second call like this I've had so far this year, but it's a messy thing. What's happened? So, first of all, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. And I lost the W-2 in mail. The uh, employer says that the accounting company did mail me. The payroll address is uh, correct. So uh, they got the address right, and I never got the W-2. Uh, I got the duplicate W-2, so I'm not really worried about filing my taxes, but I'm really worried about somebody having my W-2. Yes. Since it has the SSN on it. Not only does it have the Social Security number, it has your current accurate address, too. Right. Yeah. So th- the, that combination is really one that should worry you. Yeah. So I'm really worried about protecting my identity. Sure. About uh, if if somebody could use my W two to file, uh, get my refunds. I don't know. The okay. Tax ref- so we've got two different layers here, and let's talk about the risk of each. Okay. The first is somebody files a return as if they're you, because they'll then have enough information to do so. And that does happen. I mean, you know, tax ID fraud is very common today. But with the information they have, they could also go a different direction. Mm-hmm. They have enough information to pretend they're you and apply for credit as if they're you. Okay. And that's the one that makes me more nervous. Okay. So I can't prevent the problem that would happen with the IRS but I can help you completely shut down a criminal applying for credit as if they're you. Okay. So uh, let's deal first with the IRS. Are you due a large refund this year, a small refund, or do you do do you owe the IRS money? Uh, I'm a large refund, okay. unfortunately. All right. How soon are you like within days or weeks of being prepared to file your return? Uh, in two weeks. Okay. So if you file your return, nobody's done anything funny with the taxes. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Everything comes back okay. But Mm -hmm. going forward for next year, reduce the amount of tax withheld from each check so that next year, because it could lurk out there and somebody may not try to do tax fraud for a whole year. Mm Mm-hmm. You want to not be waiting on a big refund because now I got to tell you the bad news, okay? Okay. If somebody has beaten you to it and filed a false return as if they're you, mm-hmm. that big refund that you're waiting for after mm-hmm. you file taxes, I'm sorry to tell you, you might have to wait 10 to 14 months for it if somebody has beaten you to it and filed a false return. Okay. So that's why for, you're sure calm about that. You're calmer about your taxes than I am. But that's why for next year, you knowing that that information could be out there somewhere, you want to reduce your withholding each pay period so that a year from now, if somebody had beaten you to it, there's not a giant refund that you're then waiting around a year to get. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Now let's deal with the other half. Let's say somebody Mm -hmm. took that information and they're going to start applying for credit as if they're you. Have you ever heard me describe something called credit freeze? Yes, I did. 
Okay, so if you do a credit freeze now, even if they tried to use that information that they now have in their hands to apply mm-hmm. for credit as if they're you, they won't be able to get credit as you. Because okay. when your credit's frozen, there's a secret code known only to you in the credit bureau that keeps somebody from being able to apply for credit as if they're you. Okay. And on my website at ClarkHoward.com, you can just put credit freeze in my search box. Mm-hmm. Go past the ads that pop up first, and then you'll see my guide to how to freeze your credit. Okay. So let's hope that it just ended up being chewed up by some postal processing machine or something, and mm-hmm. or that it was uh, misdelivered, as they say, to somebody who's honest and decent, as most people are, and you'll never have to worry about anything. But okay. if you do have a problem, those are the two main things I want you to pay attention to and control as much as you can. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Steve. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Steve. You have a question for me that, about buying a used car warranty. That's right. I just picked up a, a used car yesterday. It's a 2012. I've got 22,500 miles on it. Has offered a fairly reasonably priced warranty, uh, not really warranty, but service contract. And uh, I know that you do not recommend extended warranties usually, but I didn't know if this might be an exception. Well, as far as the numbers on a used car warranty there, or service contract, they're not any better than the ones on the TVs or anything else in terms yep. of the payout. So the question comes. If you were to have, let's say, a transmission blow outside the manufacturer's warranty, because the 2012 with 22,000 miles, you still have some good time to run on a manufacturer's warranty, don't you? Yes. So if something big were to blow outside of that period, are you in a position to be able to afford that repair? Do you have like two, three years before you'd have to worry about that? From a mileage perspective, um, yeah. Okay. And years, is it a three-year, four-year, five-year from the manufacturer on? I think it's a three-year. Three-year for the um, normal things. I think the transmission and drivetrain would be like, uh, I think it's 100000 Okay. Miles. And that years. may be five years. You'll have to five check years. for your brand. In that time period, if you bought the warranty, you're paying how much for it? About 1500 you know, you save that $1,500. Don't put it into the deal with the car. If you have that as mad money to pay for a repair plus whatever else you had to put in, is that something that would break the bank for you or would you be able to handle that? Um, well, it depend, obviously depends on the, the, the cost of the repair. But, I mean, I think for the liability of the car, uh, I mean, the guy, the guy actually told me that Usually, the transmission things like that don't go out. It's typically going to be more for the you know the, the, the add-ons, the features in the car, and things like that that might break the electronics. Right, and fifteen hundred dollars would go some distance. Right, at dealing with those things, it's it's all a matter of where are you financially. If you were to have a serious repair, can you afford it? Can you write that check? You're already. in the deal just from what the warranty costs I would say really think long and hard before you spend that money Steve Rachel is with us hi Rachel hi Clark how are you doing 
I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. You have a student loan payoff question for me. Is that right? I do. What's the story? So I just recently graduated from college with my bachelor's. Currently, I'm on an IBR, an income-based repayment plan. And with my current income, my payment is actually $0 a month. So I was hoping to get ahead of these payments and go ahead and start knocking some of them out. There's several different groups, and each group has a different interest rate. But the highest interest rate isn't necessarily the highest loan amount. So I don't know which ones I should start knocking out first. Definitely the one with the highest interest rate. Are they all federal loans? They are. Okay, so the one with the highest interest rate, even I don't care what the balance is, that's where you put all your efforts since you are at a $0 minimum payment requirement, it's at your option where you would throw money. So as you pay money towards loans, the most efficient use of your dollars is always towards the highest interest rate of them. Okay. How much in total loans do you have? Um, just over 20000 Okay, that, that will certainly be manageable for you over time. Yeah. So what is the highest interest rate you have? Is it 68 it is 6.8. Okay, so the 6.8 money is, think about your rate of return. It's an instant 6.8% payback. Put all your efforts there, then your next is at 5.6? Yes. Wow, it's like I'm clairvoyant, huh? <laughs> yeah. So when you finish paying off your 6.8 balance, then you move on to the 5.6, and you just work your way down the ladder paying off the loans, and you'll be in great shape because you'll steadily chip away at that 20 grand balance. Right. So if I put my tax return every year until I have them paid off just strictly towards my student loans, should I put that whole lump sum towards the highest interest rate also? Yes. Okay. And that's great that you got through a four-year degree and 20 is less than the average person graduates from school with and you're going to be in a position with how disciplined you are to get that debt wiped out in your life and be able to move on with your life without having to worry about student loan debt anymore. This is the Clark Howard Show.